premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God. And my prayer for you today is the same it is every day, and that is wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform you find yourself listening to us on, you also find yourself within the grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, before you get into the uh, Bible study tonight, uh, would you please go over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and once you get over there, if you could go over to our contact section, send us over a message, and also look for that support this podcast button. And if you've been praying about this and the Lord's been leading you to do so, uh, we would thank you for a monthly contribution. Just click that button and all the details will be there. And folks, if you're looking for a really an excellent Bible-believing, King James Bible-believing, Bible-preaching and Bible-teaching church out here in Eagle Pass, Texas, why don't you pay us a visit at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And uh, we meet at 664 North Monroe Street. Our uh, Sunday school hour is from 10 a.m. Our Sunday worship service begins at 11 our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m., and our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, uh, you could visit the church's Facebook page. Just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you get there, you'll find a lot of really helpful information and archived episodes of this podcast. And also like to say thank you again to our pastor, John Monk, for uh, allowing me the opportunity to uh, post these episodes on the church's Facebook page. So once again, just log into Facebook and search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. Um, and of course, you know, while you're there uh, and on whatever platform of the many platforms that we're on right now, uh, we are on Spotify, Anchor, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and Good Pods. So on whatever platform that you're listening to us on, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to as many people as we possibly can. And uh, speaking of those platforms, um, Good Pods, uh, I got to tell you, um, got us up on Good Pods, and I, I wasn't really sure about it, to be honest. Uh, I had not heard of it, um, but... Uh, we uh, we started putting our episodes up over there and got some really good feedback. Uh, last week, uh, we ranked number five in podcasts on uh, their Good Pods uh, Religion and Spirituality Indie Podcast list. So thank you to uh, to everyone who's tuned in, especially through the Good Pods app. Um, really, really good stuff. Thank you so much for that. And, uh, you know, praise the Lord for it. You know, that's all of him. It has nothing to do with me because... I mean, you hear me, so so you know, uh, not not the sharpest tool in the shed sometimes. But hey, you know what? That's fine. Uh, we're doing it for the glory of God, and uh, whenever the Lord wants to pull the plug on this thing, He can do that. Uh, I won't argue with Him. <laughs> so, um, with that said, uh, let's get into the prayer requests. And I can't find my notes, my prayer request notes. Let me see. All right. Uh, let's see. Let me see. Where did I put them? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I don't have my notes for the pod for the prayer request. All right. So let's do this. Let's um, let's uh, take our break, and when we come back from the break, uh, which will give you a chance to find your King James Bible, grab your cup of coffee and or a bottle of water. And it'll also give me an opportunity to go grab my uh, 
my notes for the uh, prayer list. And then when we come back from the break, we'll do our prayer lists and then we'll get into the Bible study. We'll go right on into it. All right. So this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast and we will be right back. Just stay with us. My soul cries out, oh Lord, how long till my toiling ends and you call me home. Since I caught a glimpse of my home in the sky, Nothing in this world keeps me satisfied. Is that the lights of home I see? Do I feel a breeze from the crystal sea? Is that my Lord standing high on heaven's balcony? If that's the lights of home, it's a welcome sight to me. Seems I can hear the angels sing with harps of gold and a thousand strings earth holds no charm when i hear their song sweet beulah land my home sweet home in that bright city We are back. Sorry for that uh, sh- that really abrupt cut there. Um, that's from the track. I had nothing to do with that. All right. Well, I got my papers here, so I think we're good to go. All right. So our prayer lists. You know, one of the great things about being a Bible believer is that, you know, we have the promises of God that, uh, you know, we can approach the throne of grace and we could uh, petition him with our with our prayers, with our concerns, with our anxieties and anything really that's on our hearts and minds. You know, the Lord wants to have that type of relationship with us. So uh, it's a real blessing that we can have this prayer time. So uh, and going over the prayer list, you know, we still want to pray for uh, Bernice, uh, for her health. Uh, she is still going for her uh, treatments for cancer. Uh, she seems to be doing well, and uh, we're really thankful for that. Uh, we also want to continue to pray for Pastor Martin for his health, uh, my mom for her health, um, let's see, we have Patrick, uh, Patrick is dealing with, uh, some health issues regarding his pancreas. So we want to pray for, for Patrick as well. Uh, we also want to pray for, uh, Michael and Stephen, uh, for their health and also for, uh, their spiritual needs. Uh, we also want to pray for the Mauro family, um, we also looking to pray for James. Now, James is a uh, is a young man. He's um, he. They think at first they thought it was Lyme's di- Lyme disease, and now they're thinking that it might be uh, rheumatoid arthritis. But you know, uh, either way, neither one of those things are um, are pleasant to uh, to deal with. My mom has rheumatoid arth- arthritis, and um, it's yeah, it's not pleasant. So we want to pray for James. Um, Haley is uh, looking for prayer for uh, the delivery of her baby, uh, just waiting for the baby to turn, from what I understand. And um, 
if there's any complications, they have a C-section already scheduled. And then a young man in our church, Felipe, who will be uh, traveling back to school this week. We want to pray for him for travel mercies. And um, we also want to pray for him that uh, he's being given an opportunity to lead a Spanish language ministry in his church uh, back up where his school is. So we want to pray for him and that the Lord would use him. Uh, we're also looking to pray for Brother Kurt in Massachusetts. Kurt is a uh, is a minister up there, and uh, he's asked for prayer for his ministry, for his health, and he also has a baby on the way, uh, uh, should be here any day now. So we want to also pray for Kurt. And uh, for salvation, we want to pray for, uh, for my mom, for her salvation. Uh, we want to pray for David up in New York for his salvation as well. And... Um, So let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get into the Bible study. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you uh, for the day that you've given us. We want to thank you for this special time of prayer. Father, we just pray that you would just uh, meet the needs of all of those on our prayer list, those who are in need of health prayers, those who are in need of salvation first and foremost. And Father, we just uh, also pray for all of the unspoken prayers uh, that are out there. Lord, we just pray that you would answer those prayers all according to your perfect will for our lives. And Father, we pray for this podcast today. And Lord, we pray for those that are under the hearing of of the, uh, the teachings of your word today. And Lord, we just ask you to bless the time and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. All right. So since we had that little kerfluffle, Uh, So we're not going to take our break because we took it already. Let's get right into the Bible study. So uh, hopefully you took that time to went to grab your Bible, your King James Bible. And why don't you open up to Romans chapter 14, Romans chapter 14. And um, let's uh, let's really get into the study here. So what I'd like to do today is uh, in Romans chapter 14. And this really isn't the study. For today, that's not really the subject of the study. This is kind of the opposite end of it. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to start with the opposite pole, and then we're going to work our way from south to north instead of north to south. Okay, uh, so Romans chapter fourteen, and uh, we're going to start with verse twelve. Romans chapter fourteen and verse twelve. Father, please bless this time, bless the reading and the preaching and the teaching of your holy word. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy him, destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. You know, so much attention is given to verses, uh, to these particular verses, and also to verses similar to it. All of Romans 14 is basically dedicated to the subject of not being a stumbling block in front of a brother or sister, uh, more specifically a weaker brother or sister. Now, we went over these verses in more detail when we went through our study of First Thessalonians, and we were in chapter 4, I believe, or chapter 5, rather, when we were getting into it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but we're not looking to be a stumbling block or put a stumbling block in front of a brother or sister. So in other words, we need to try to keep our behavior, our conversation, our deportment um, constricted and restricted in such a way that you know, we don't purposely allow our lives, you know, the things that we say, the things that we do um, to become a hindrance, um, a stumbling block or 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 cause difficulty in the advancement of other people's Christian walk or life. Now, that almost goes without saying. OK. Um, and the Lord knows that because he doesn't give really a lot of attention to it. But he does mention it periodically just because he knows that uh, some people need to be reminded of that and that they need to be careful. Now, you might go 
to a place or you might go somewhere that's of questionable uh, source, right? And let me give you an example. I, I know a lot of Christians are, and most pastors preach against going to movies. I'm, I'm not opposed to movies. I mean, most of us watch them on television, right? So I'm not really opposed to movies. Well, let me say, uh, all right, I'm opposed to some of them, okay? Uh, actually, you know what? Let me back that up a little bit. I'm opposed to most of them, all right? Um, I mean, once in a while, they'll come out with something that's worth seeing. You know, once in a while. Uh, some years ago, a friend of mine asked me once if I saw that movie. Uh, oh, what was it called? Uh, it was one of those Civil War movies. Uh, Gods and Generals or something like that. It was one of those really long movies about the Civil War. And I, I don't know if Hollywood had an ulterior motive or not, but you know what they did? They portrayed a lot of those Southern generals as, um, you know, Bible-quoting, Bible-packing, Bible-believing soldiers and generals. And, and they quoted a lot of the scripture of the thing. Um, it's worth seeing, you know, and I would, I would recommend it. It's worth seeing. I'm not going to say that it's a hundred percent accurate. I mean, it, it is Hollywood after all, you know, but, um, you know, I'm also not going to tell you that it's a hundred percent right, but I think enough of it is right to make it worth seeing. So if you're into that sort of thing and you're into history, you know, check it out, check it out. So, um, every now and then they come up with one that's pretty interesting and that's, uh, that's, that's pretty good. Now here's the problem. Here, here's the problem. Um, you know, you go down to the theater where they have like five or six different movies showing all at the same time. And, uh, you know, a weaker brother sees you uh, going into the theater. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go. I mean, don't misunderstand. I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go. I'm just telling you the problem here. Um you know, and then they they don't know what movie that you're going to see. So you might be going to see, you know, Triple X. I could put a name to it, but I won't. Uh, um, I mean, they don't know if you're going to see Bugs Bunny or Triple X, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they don't know. See, so you have to be kind. Of, you have to kind of watch a little bit, and you have to be careful. So I would suggest that if you're standing in line in the ticket line and uh, or the popcorn line and you're going to see Bugs Bunny with the kids and then you see somebody that you know walking in, well, then you better tell them which one you're going to see, all right? You know what I'm telling you? In other words, a little common sense tends to go a long way in not destroying your testimony with others, okay? Uh, how about an, another example? Um uh, here's a businessman, okay? He's a private contractor, and he's trying to catch up with somebody that he needs to do business with, and he knows that this guy normally hangs out from 5 to 7 at the local tavern. So he says to himself, he goes, I know the guy hangs out there, so I'll just catch him over there. Well, you know, that might not be the best place for you to be seen going into. Even though you're going in with the right motive and the best of intention. You know, you're going in there to hook this guy and seal this business deal. That might not be the best place to do it. Try to figure out another place to grab him, okay? And that's kind of what Paul is talking about here in Romans 14. You have to be aware of your testimony. You have to be concerned about it so that you don't purposely become a stumbling block to someone else. But that's not the thing I want to talk to you about today, all right? For what I want to talk about, we need to go back to Romans chapter 2. Okay, I don't want to talk about us being a stumbling block because, as I said, you know, a little common sense goes a long way. What I want to talk about, though, is the other side of this from the perspective of the person that's looking. Okay, I want to talk about the individual that's looking at someone else. Now, we all have that temptation and uh, or the tendency to look at other people, do we not? Well, sure we do. Of course we do. Hey, did you know what that guy is doing? Uh, did you see what she was wearing? Um, oh, do you know what she said? Yeah, blah, 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 blah. You know, all of that stuff. Now, in Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 1. 
Romans chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art, that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Now, there are some things that we fail to recognize when we concentrate too much on watching other people and then drawing conclusions or judgments based on what we're observing or what we may perceive that we're observing. So here are some things that we need to be conscious of when we're looking too much at other people and then complain that they're a stumbling block to us or someone else. So would you take your Bible and go with me over to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Now I know that every hypocrite in town knows this verse. <laughs> okay, I know that. Just like every drunk in town knows the verse that says, Take a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine oft infirmities. Every drunk knows one Bible verse, right? Amen? Amen. And I know, and I know that every hypocrite knows, judge not, lest ye be judged. I know they know that. All right? Matthew chapter 7. Let's go there. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not, that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. So that's kind of the same thing that Paul was saying over in Romans chapter 2. He was just reiterating the same principle. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, the beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Now, some things we fail to recognize uh, when looking at other people and concentrating on other people and looking at their behavior, their conversation, you know, and all that stuff is uh, one of those things is that we fail to give heed to refrain from judging other people. Now, I understand and I know that the scripture says he that spiritual judges all things. And I know that people love to use verses like these to get you off their back. I know that. I know the techniques that are involved. You know, when you witness to people and you hear them say, you know, the Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. You can say, yes, but the Bible also says that he who is spiritual judges all things. And it does say that, doesn't it? Sure it does. That's what Paul told the Corinthians. So if you really want to play tit for tat with the scripture, you can do it. You can do it, but it just doesn't necessarily prove anything. What's up to us is to gain a real sense and meaning of the word. That's what we really need to feed our souls. Now, obviously here, Jesus is saying something in Matthew that Paul rehearses to us. And, and so not only is it applicable in the Sermon on the Mount, which, by the way, is kingdom age theology, rightly dividing, but is also applicable in church age theology. And what he's saying is, is that we need to be careful about drawing conclusions about other people's lives and then accusing them of being a stumbling block to us. Now, I like to study people. I mean, just casually, okay, just casually. And by that, I mean, like when I'm at work and I have some downtime, I like to spend that downtime just watching other people. You know, you see some fascinating things. <laughs> you really do. Um, you see some interesting things when you're walking around, you know, like, uh, for example, years ago, I used to work, uh, in Manhattan in New York city. And, um, when I tell you, you can see some really interesting and fascinating things just walking up and down the sidewalks of upper Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You'll see stuff that makes you think like, wow, you know, you just cannot make this stuff up. You know, I like to study people just casually and I'm not, you know, casting any dispersions or anything on them. I'm just casually studying people. Um, when I was younger, 
uh, I had an Orthodox Jewish friend named Eli, and I and and he and I used to skip school, you know. And this is not an endorsement to do this, okay? Uh, but we used to skip school, and we would hop the train into Manhattan, and we would play a game that we would call, you know, guess their occupation. Now we didn't know a thing about any of these people, you know, but we were just having fun, right? But you can get really serious about looking at people and then forget what the Lord reminded all of us. And that is that we need to be very careful about judging other people. Well, why is that so? Well, well, because we fail to recognize the different levels of spiritual maturity of people. Look with me over in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Because, you know, not all Christians grow on the same growth level spiritually. Okay? And I think that's something that we all tend to fail to realize. In fact, you know, in any given church, you're going to have people that have been saved 30 years or 50 years, 20 years, 10 years, even two years or less. So now, quite honestly, you can expect the same things from the children. Can you, I should say, can you expect the same things from the children in the room as you can an adult? You shouldn't. Isn't that right? And doesn't the Bible compare spirituality to physical growth? Sure it does. All right, now let's look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For when the time for when for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now wait a minute. Wait. Doesn't Peter tell us to desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So on one hand, Peter is admonishing people to um, to desire the milk, to crave the milk, to get the milk. And then on the flip side, Paul in Hebrews is saying, it's time for you to get beyond the milk. Well, quite appropriately, milk is for some people, right? It's for infants. It's for children, Right? And then there comes a time when you have to get past the milk. Look with me in verse 14. Verse 14, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the idea here is quite simple, and that is that um, there are going to be people we come in contact with that are at, at, that are at every level of spiritual advancement. Now, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing in our church, there should be babies there. There should be spiritual infants there. People that have just found the Lord Jesus Christ, their Savior, because we've been used of the Lord to win them. Amen? All right. Now, what should our expectations be for those people? Should they be way up there on the ladder of spiritual growth? No, no, not at all. They should be way down at the bottom, right? Because they're babes. They're starting from square one. I mean, they're, they're literally starting from scratch. And you know what I've learned? I've learned that we are inundated with people that have no real spiritual or church background. They know nothing. They know no Bible stories. They know no Bible story. They know no... Is that good grammar? No, no. Yeah, that's good grammar, I think, right? Go to swordofthespiritpodcast.com, go to the contact section, and correct me if I'm wrong, okay? They know no good. They know no Bible stories, okay? So they have no familiarity with Bible truth, and consequently, they have no familiarity with Bible expectations. None, right? None whatsoever. Well, can we expect them to get up to speed in a week or two? Well, how about a month or a year? Probably not. It takes time for them to grow. We need to take that into consideration before we judge other people. You know, you can't expect children to act like adults. I appreciate well-behaved kids, but, you know, kids are kids, right? You know, I, when I used to work in, in New York City, um, 
I was driving by one of the playgrounds in my area, and uh, there was one kid on the swings and about 10 climbing up into a tree. I counted them. All right. Now, I honestly, I cannot remember the last time that I saw an adult climbing into a tree. I mean, if you if you saw three or four adults climbing in the tree, you'd be shocked, wouldn't you? I mean, what are they doing? But you see 10 kids doing it. And you don't even give it a second thought. It's just kids climbing a tree. It's expected, right? Now, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that the same identical truth exists in the spiritual life and world. We don't expect children to advance to adulthood overnight spiritually. So you have to figure that into the conclusion. If you have to draw one. All right. And sometimes we fail to recognize the difference between professors and possessors. Professors and possessors. And let's look over at Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. So who is this man that receives the seed in the stony places? He receives it, and that's good. It's a wonderful thing. But you see, later on, Jesus explains the parable, and he says that the seed came up, but it withered and died, and it was scorched when the sun came out. So the sun here is symbolic of persecution. So do you know who that man is? If you break down all the elements of the parable... The seed that fell on the wayside is an unsaved man. The seed that fell on the stony ground, it's the unsaved. And it appears that he received it with joy, but he had no root. Well, over in Revelation 22, the root is defined as who? Well, it's defined as Jesus Christ. So do you know what's going on here in the parable? The second... The second category, the seed falling on the stony ground, is someone that hears the gospel for the first time ever, walks down the aisle, he says, I want to get saved. And whoa, whoa, we all rejoice, every one of us, right? I mean, we're all excited. We are thrilled. We're happy. We have someone then deal with them and show them the plan of salvation. They pray, they profess Christ, and out they go. And, um, you know, we we try everything that we know how to do. We give them a call. We try to get them grounded in church, uh, in the word of God. Uh, we give them a Bible, you know, whatever it takes. And they may show up three, four, or maybe five times. Then all of a sudden, poof, they just disappear. Just like that. And they're out there doing things that they used to do. And it looks like the salvation didn't take. Well, it's not that it didn't take. I mean, he was either saved or he wasn't. It's just as simple as that. And the Bible makes it clear that what you have there is a false professor. You don't have a possessor. You have a professor. And that's an interesting word, professor, right? And they have some of those down in the universities, don't they? Now, in other words, they're pretending to have something they really don't have. Can you make that connection? Do you see Do you see what I'm saying? Pretending to have something they don't really have. That's a professor as opposed to a possessor. What you have to understand is that when you take a critical look at someone, and you know, God help us not to do it any more than what we have to. Um, when you take that critical look at someone, you may be dealing with a professor and not a possessor. You know, there was a guy in my uh, former church, um, the church that I was in when I first got saved. And, man, this guy, he was amazing. He blew me away. Every time that he led prayer, you actually felt like you were standing before the throne of God and communing with him personally. I mean, he was able to quote, to quote scripture faster than a gunslinger in one of those old westerns, you know. Um, he was great at giving out solid scripture-based advice. You know, he grew up in a household where the Bible was read and the Bible was studied and the Bible was taught. And when I met him, uh, I want to say he was about in his mid-30s. He was a little bit older than I was. 
Um, well, one day um, he called me and he asked me if, if uh, we could meet up and grab some lunch. And I said, yeah, let's do that. So we got together and we had this great scriptural conversation on eschatology. Uh, we used to call them uh, theological doodlings. They were great. We had such a great time doing that. But on this occasion, it was a little bit different because about midway through the conversation, he, he just stopped and he said to me, he goes, you know, Joe, I was raised in a solid Christian home. I've been around Bible preaching most of my life. And he said, but, you know, I've come to the conclusion after listening to some preaching and, and reading and studying that I don't think I've ever been saved. But, you know, that does happen. You know, he said, when I was very young, someone led me through the hoops, but I guess uh, I prayed a prayer, but I've, I've never sensed any conviction over my sin until now. And then he just broke down and he started to cry and he said, I need to get saved. And that day he got saved. But do you know what he was up to that day? He was a professor, not a possessor. He was already doing great. You know, the outward appearance and all, but but you you can't tell what's going on in people's lives. So that's why the Lord cautions us about being, about being too judgmental. So another thing that we need to consider when we judge people, uh, you know, we fail to recognize what problems may come because of doctrinal discrepancies that they may have been exposed to at some point. Now, if you've been around me for any length of time, and you'll get to know me, you'll know that I'm a somewhat of a doctrinal nut, okay? I believe in Bible doctrine, plain and simple. And I believe that doctrine absolutely a thousand million percent does make a difference. It does. You know, I get a lot of emails from different types of church-related organizations and one of the buzz phrases that I picked up on was, um, you know, we're setting aside doctrine for unity. What? I can't do that. I can't. I can't do, I'm sorry. I can't do that. You know, Paul couldn't do it. Jesus couldn't do it. Peter couldn't do it. And I don't measure up to any of those men. And, and I can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't. I cannot set doctrine aside. I'm sorry. I just can't sit down with a, and, and fellowship with someone that doesn't believe in the virgin birth. I can't fellowship with people that deny the efficacious work of the blood of Jesus Christ. I can't do that. I just can't. But I can share some grace with them. I don't have to call them names, right? Uh, I don't have to get all ornery with them. Uh, it doesn't mean that I have to judge them. It doesn't mean I have to be nasty and mean to them. It doesn't mean that at all, see? It just means that there's no real spiritual basis for fellowship. Because the Bible says, for how can two walk together except they be agreed? You have to realize that some people bring with them a great deal of doctrinal discrepancies when they come. I mean, they may come from an entirely different background. But doctrine... Doctrine is critical, and it's critical to me, and it drives me crazy. I try to bite my tongue and demonstrate grace when people say some or some really insane things to me. I mean, you hear some real silly things, you know, and, and you hear from church-going people, too. I mean, that's the funny part. Um, like, I, I haven't heard it uh, from anybody at uh, First, uh, First Baptist Church since I've been there. Uh, and that's probably because they've been taught better. But um, I've been in churches where you hear stuff like, well, you know, I don't really care what the Bible says. It's how I feel. I simply say, I don't care how you feel. It's what the Bible says. All right. I mean, people say things like that. But you know what you need to do? You need to take deep breath step back and say I don't know what doctrinal background they come from and maybe if God could give me a little grace with them you know maybe I could really help them you know and that that reminds me of 
someone that reached out to me recently who told me, you know, we, we may disagree on a lot of things doctrinally, but uh, he told me that he feels that he can, he can learn from me. And that's great. And my prayer is that what I just said, God would give me the little grace that I can maybe help them. You know, people come and they have a background that I would call hyper-legalism. You know, they come from a really legalistic atmosphere in their Christian walk in life. I'm not like that. I don't believe anybody in my church is like that. I mean, I do believe that there, is, there are things called appropriateness and, and modesty and, uh, and all kinds of things. Uh, all kinds of things are taught in the Word of God, but, uh, you know, we're not legalistic about it. We just pray that the Holy Spirit brings people's attention to those things. All right. Uh, and before we get on to the next one, we're going to take a little break here. So I'm going to get some water. And uh, when we come back, we will continue on with our study in judging people. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy. Its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. All right. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. And... Um, we're here studying uh, the subject of judging people, not being a stumbling block uh, to one another. And uh, we were just talking about uh, how we believe that the Bible, there are things called appropriateness and modesty and, and all kinds of things that are taught in the book, but we're not legalistic about those things. And, uh, and here's another one. Um, when we get too hasty to judge someone, sometimes we don't recognize uh, possible problems that are present in their life. And I'll give you an example. All right. Um, maybe someone's behavior is a little bit erratic as far as we're concerned, but, you know, we don't know what's going on down at the job. You know, sometimes jobs can really just drive you nutty, right? Uh, can I get an amen on that? Um, but you need to be careful about assuming anything because you just don't know what they're going through. Uh, for example, there were these two guys that lived next door to each other, and uh, one was a Christian and was being blessed and, and thought uh, he was just the greatest thing in the world. Uh, his neighbor was also a Christian, but he went to a different church. And they were talking one day over the fence, and the one man couldn't help bragging about the blessings of God in his life. He said, well, you know, I got a new SUV here in the garage, and... And, uh, you know, I just got this promotion at my job that came with a $10,000 a year increase. I mean, my kids are doing great. One of them just got a full-blown scholarship down at the university. And, and man, he just went on and on and on and on and on. And then in kind of an obnoxious way, he looked at his neighbor and he asked, so how's the Lord treating you? And the guy just looked at him and said, well, you know, my father just died. And uh, we just found out this morning that my wife has cancer. You know, you, you don't know what people are going through. You have no idea what people are going through. You know, not everyone wears it on their sleeve. 
and advertises it and and tells about all the burdens and heartaches of their lives. So do you see the problem when you when you look at people and you get too hasty to look at them and say, you see that guy over there? He's going to be a stumbling block. Well, yeah, but you know, maybe there are some difficulties that we don't realize. When we begin to when we begin to consider those things, yeah, it makes a lot more sense when Jesus said and Paul just repeated the same principle that we need to be very slow in our judgments of other people. Some would say, you know, I wish so-and-so would be in church more often. Well, I do too, you know, but I'm praying that the Lord will stir them up. Always be careful when you're looking at other people's lives. Don't become, you know, too hasty or quick conclusions. You know, um, uh, you don't know what may be going on in their lives. You don't know what it is that may exist in their lives. You know, maybe it's, um, it's a lack of spiritual maturity, you know, but they're advancing and they're growing. You know, there, there could be any number of factors in there that we have to give the Lord time to work out. Now, I've been a member at, at uh, First, uh, First Baptist Church for two years now. Wow, two years. Wow, went by fast. So two years now I've been a member there. And, and I think I can honestly say that that, that church um, is, is not characteristically or inherently guilty of judging people to a great degree. But, you know, it is a temptation that comes to all of us because of who we are. You know, we are who we are. It's our flesh. It's a temptation that we have to ask the Lord to help us overcome all the time. You know, it's one thing to be a stumbling block, but it's another thing to be looking for a stumbling block. Now, I don't want to be a stumbling block, but I also don't want to be standing around looking for one either. You know, people can flip out. People can flip out over anything. You know, I had a friend um, as a Christian, too, you know, born-again Christian, Bible believer, you know, uh, and his wife had a baby. And I was kidding around with him one day, and I said, I said, hey, you had the baby. When are you passing out the cigars? I mean, I was kidding with him, <laughs> you know. It was a joke, you know. A couple of days later, he showed up, and guess what he brought me? Yeah, he brought me a rat. He brought me one, and on the wrapper it said, "You know, it's a girl." <laughs> now, um, now, full disclosure here: I used to smoke cigars, and and at that point, it had been a few years since I stopped, and you know, but he didn't know that. Now, I could have rained on his parade and gotten all well. How dare you? <laughs> you know. But I didn't. I laughed. He laughed. We had a really good time about it. I mean, obviously, I didn't smoke it. But um, but you see what I mean? Um, a number of years ago, I was invited with uh, with a couple of brothers from from the church to go to a uh, to a Baptist fellowship meeting in um, in New Hampshire. Is New Hampshire? Yeah, it was New Hampshire. And I'll tell you, it was a wonderful experience. It really was. Uh, pastors from all over the area came together to meet, to preach, to teach, and study together over a period of a few days. Um, I only went to one of those meeting days, uh, but the day that I went, man, when I tell you that I heard some amazing, amazing preaching that day, uh, one of the last preachers that spoke was you know, mingling around after, and I overheard him say something that has really stuck with me all these years. It really has. And it, and at the time that I heard it, I was a fairly new Christian. I wasn't saved very long. And oh, I was I would say maybe I was two years, um, two years saved. Um, so I was still feeling my way around. I was still learning things. Um, and when he said it, you know, it didn't make sense to me at the time. But as I've grown, I started to understand it. And And he said this mind you, to a bunch of preachers. And this is what he said, again, to a bunch of preachers. He said, you know, the problem with some of you guys is that you take yourselves far too seriously. <laughs> wow. You know what, though? The problem is, is that sometimes we take ourselves a little too seriously. You know, Loosen up. Breathe through your nose. 
don't be too quick in condemning other people. You know, let the Lord take care of his business, which is bringing them up to speed. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the time that we've had today in this study on judging people. Father, I pray, and it's my sincere hope that it was a blessing to someone. Uh, maybe someone needed to hear it today. I don't know. There's a couple of things today that came to mind that I needed to hear and I needed to remind myself of. But Father, we just thank you so much for it, and we ask you to bless it uh, as it went out and forgive our ignorance. If there was anything that was said that was not supposed to have been said, forgive me for that. And uh, Lord, let it not be a stumbling block to someone else. And I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, folks. Well, we have come to the end of another episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And, you know, it really is a blessing for me to do this with you guys every week. I, I really do enjoy it. Uh, it's a it's a real challenge for me at times. You know, um, I don't know if you guys, you know, know this, but, you know, I work, you know, two jobs. Um, I do the podcast. Um, I am on... I am running all over the place all the time. And, but somehow the Lord gives me the time to do this and to prepare things. And so I'm really thankful for it. And, um, uh, you know, I just, I'm just really thankful for all of you folks that have been tuning in regularly, faithfully. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Hey, don't forget, check out sort of the spirit podcast.com. Send me over a message. Let me know if my grammar was correct today. Don't forget to do that. And also, Check out the um, support this podcast feature on our website as well. And if the Lord leads you to do so, we would thank you for a contribution. May God bless you. May God keep you. Have a great, great day. You've been day. listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day. Well, that's about it, really. The film ends mainly visually.